welcome to A Competitive Couple, a podcast where we cover great games to play on your tabletop as a twosome. I'm Charlotte Collins and with me is Jamie Chad. Good afternoon, Good Charlotte afternoon. Collins. Good noon. Good noon. Top, top noon. Top noon. Top of the noon. How are we doing? Ah, uh, good, good. We're hot. Hot. It's <laughs> spring, like summer. Feels like a on a day it's like this. It's amazing. But... We've got a gin on. But we do have a gin and tonic with us. And I'm... The second gin of the afternoon. Yeah, a second gin. May there be more to come. Best we've played games. games. We have, finally. We've, <laughs> we've played games and we're finally going to record and talk about them. Yeah, because our, our monthly podcast kind of didn't really... Well, it, it didn't happen last month, holiday. <laughs> A month holiday for March. Well, in March we didn't play um, many games. No, it was a bit of a dry spell for us, wasn't it? For the most of March, because well, we had freak snowstorms. You were kind of ill. Yeah. I was kind of ill. Yeah. And then I think around Easter time we kind of went a bit crazy and played lots of games. We did. It was quite an intense sort of Easter weekend of gaming, which was really? nice. Good. Yeah. Um. Also, I kind of wanted to take a step back from the podcast as well and kind of maybe rethink it a little bit, kind of mix it up a bit, try and because we're still really new to this. We are, yes. Try and figure out some kind of like some more kind of fun format type things yes. that better represent us and our kind of weirdness. Indeed, <laughs> yes. Humour. So, and here we are. So, here we now, are. So, April, hopefully, you end know. End of April. Yeah. Podcast number three. Let's give this a whirl, shall we? Cool. Good stuff. Okay, so I thought we'd start. Start the proceedings. Why am I? Why have I gone judgy? Should we start the proceedings start once the more, proceedings, Your Honor? Start the proceedings, Your Honor, and then with hammer and stuff. No, I guess the question to start things off: What would you say, Jamie, has been your favourite game of the month? Uh, so my game of the month, uh, we probably played right at the end of March, but we're gonna let that slide. Yeah, um, no one needs to know. <laughs> Professor Evil and the Citadel of Time. Oh. I mean, sounds like, sounds like an like a old Doctor Who, Doctor Who episode, doesn't it? Just yeah. sounds. Terrible. Um, oh. <laughs> hey. For a title, it sounds like it's going to be full of yes, I, cheesy hmm. special effects and tin can robots. What it's um, about. Professor Evil is it's a co-op game where like four of you are going into an evil guy's house to try and steal back some stuff that he stole um, before he can rescue and get away with all the stuff he stole. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of move about this mansion and you've got your own little... Um, deck of like player ability cards um, which is quite cool and quite a few different strategies and there's about seven or eight different abilities for each sort of character which are quite fun um, you have to go into this house and disarm all these traps and claim all these treasures before time runs out I really enjoyed it it's it was a really cool game we had a lot of fun with that I think we won our game yes we, we did yeah huzzah a win yeah because it, yeah, it was quite close in the end because he kind of had a bit of well we got a couple of the rules wrong, didn't we, at the beginning of the game? As I think per, as, yeah, as, as per when you start playing any new game and, yeah, we did mess up the rules a little bit. Made it a bit harder on ourselves, if anything, so when we realised our Yeah, we, we played on hard mode and we still yeah, won. Yeah, yeah, technically, we kind of but made it harder It's, it's really cool. So it's really good, the, isn't you, it? This game board's kind of split. It's like a sort of evil person's mansion, so it's all really cool rooms and there's like a lab and things like that. Um, and each room there's a trap or two which you have to disable there's about four or five different types of traps and to collect your treasure you need to turn off the, the traps that it tells you to so you need to disable all like the I don't know laser grids or all the other tra- I can't really remember the traps very well at all <laughs> oh, I um, my head. Uh, and then you can go to that room and pick up the treasure and then once you've all had a turn the professor then moves you roll a couple of dice and it tells you where he moves and what he might do on his turn which is quite cool because you never really know where the professor's go and he bombs about the mansion quite a lot if he's ever in the same room as you he kicks you out of the out of the mansion you have to kind of start and infiltrate again um, and as you only get sort of 
three actions on your turn. It is quite kind of a race against time. It's a bit of a puzzle to work out. It's a bit kind of like Pandemic where there's a puzzle and there's a randomness that keeps you moving. You have to plan, which is quite nice. And I thought it was, it was a good, fun game. The only thing we said is such it's such a busy, busy, busy board. It really is. That it can sometimes be a bit hard to focus on what's exactly going on. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. And I think I, I really like the player abilities and the fact that you've got an action deck rather than just having like three actions to choose from. Um, you go through this deck and draw two cards each turn, choose one, discard one, and keep going like that, which I really liked. That was a fun part of it. Good but yeah, Professor Good Evil stuff. and the Citadel of Time, we, we'd recommend that, I think. Yeah, definitely. I loved it. I really loved it. Thematically, like, you know, time travel, kind of heisty stuff and puzzles. What's not to like for me, really? <laughs> that, yeah. like, like, ticks all of my boxes. And like you say, my biggest problem with it is the busyness of the board makes it quite hard to see which switches you have on or off yeah for me it's on like it's a good co-op game on a par with games like pandemic and forbidden island yeah absolutely we get to play forbidden desert but yeah yeah. no it's it's that that sort of game yeah similar to those games but um yeah it'd be great to play some more of that i think we'll revisit that again oh absolutely so what was your favorite game of the month uh my favorite game of the month was Exit the game The Abandoned Cabin, which is sort of an escape room in a box is probably the best way to describe it, I yeah. guess. Because you've got a um, like a deck of riddle cards. Oh, what else do you get? Like a decoding wheel, don't you? Yeah, for when crazy you solve, weird, you know, when you, wheel, yeah, because yeah, all the puzzles in the game kind of generate um, like a color sequence or number sequence for you to input for that particular puzzle to solve and you kind of input that into the decoder wheel and then you check this other deck to see if you've got the answers right and there's like a puzzle book with different sort of puzzles as well that might assist you throughout the game or like you know like things like maps and sort of room layouts which um, come into play throughout the course of the game and I was really going into it I was quite skeptical of it because we have done an escape room ourselves we have which we chatted about a lot more on the previous podcast but I was really curious to see what this sort of game would be like, because obviously it's significantly cheaper than an escape room. At about sort of like £12, you can kind of get these games for. But you can only play them the one time, or at least in this specific game, because you're ripping up elements, cutting them out. But um, I really loved it. I thought it was a really great way to spend an evening together, playing something a little bit different, like doing some puzzles together i thought it played really well with two yeah it was it was really good um, and we, we compared it to like the price of going out to see a film or something like that 12 pound and we took what an hour and 40 minutes hour and a half something like that to do it the idea of being yeah you time yourself for it because they say oh, i think on the box it says like one to two hours it yeah. can take because you pretty much just continue it until you've done it it took us uh i think i wrote it down somewhere yeah one hour and 46 minutes i'm pretty pleased with that yeah, I'm pretty pleased with that. We did get, without spoiling anything, of course, we're not going to go into any detail on what any of the puzzles kind of included, but we got stuck on one particular puzzle, didn't we, for about half an hour? Yes. That one was really, really tricky. Yep. But all of the puzzles were really, I really enjoyed almost all of them. You know, there's some really great kind of moments of, oh my God, that's so smart, kind of, yep. or cool, or a little bit different that you didn't kind of expect. Story is a little bit thin, maybe, but... It's yeah. going to be, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, overall, like you say, when you compare it to yeah, like going out for a meal 
or something it's a couple of hours entertainment and I do actually think it's quite good value for money for that and if you're really really fussy about it you could probably somehow make it so that you could replay it in some form you, you know if yeah you, you can really wanted to like go and scan things or print things off or come up with other ways of getting around it you know fair, fair enough but it was a, it was a really nice gaming experience we kind of made it quite a thematic kind of night put some spooky music on in the background yeah I felt like it really worked well as a two-player game definitely because I think and you can have quite a few more and I imagine it'd be quite fun like I would quite like to see what it would be like playing with family or friends or the like but I did actually quite enjoy the fact that you know when there's two of you you can kind of look through cards quite comfortably you know and no, no one's sitting around waiting to look at a card to, or a puzzle and figure it out so I think it worked well with the two of us like because what quite often we sort of take a puzzle each wouldn't we or whatever but yeah I really enjoyed it that was probably my sort of favorite little surprise yeah I can see <laughs> buying a few more of those exactly which I going into it I not, didn't so, think yeah. I, yeah I didn't think I would but now I really do want to go and try yeah the others and see what they're like yeah it's called on the back of the, the manual gives you that little bit where you can fill out like your certificate your score and your best your favorite puzzles and things like yeah, that and then you get cool. a star rating depending on how long you took and how many um like um helpful hint cards you needed so you, you get scored in as well so yeah, it should be pretty cool to keep track of them yeah. do a few yeah. more we got a three star rating i think we got a three out of five yeah for our time oh i thought it was three out of ten so three out, no, I think three out of five. Three out of ten. We did terrible. Then. Yeah, I know. I'm seeing, I thought we did all right because I thought it was three out of five, but I think I've looked somewhere else and it might be three out of ten. But oh, I may okay. be wrong. I may be oh. very wrong there. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to do a little thing now called Gullible Gamer working title maybe but it sounds pretty good I thought that's a pretty good title so basically a bit of fun a bit of a quiz for not really a quiz but a a game Mm -hmm. for me and Charlie Um, so I've basically got um, three games and some very very brief descriptions of those games literally a sentence or two and uh, one of them isn't real and uh, Charlotte has to get which is the fake game put this into context I I don't consider myself to be gullible but I can be a little bit um, but uh, trusting trusting is that a good (laughs) word for what I am you know Jamie's made up like fake football player names that's my favourite one is just to tell you like (laughs) Reginald Eastchester used to play for Arsenal on the wing in the late 90s and you're like oh yeah I don't know but yeah so we thought we'd try a bit of a board gamey version of that uh, yep so to try it out um so i've picked a theme for these three games oh, have you yes oh what's the theme um the theme is goats <laughs> really I love the, goats. the theme is goats okay so i've got Amazing. three i've got okay. three games and sorry one of them's one of them is fake. One of them is fake. One of them is fake. Two of them are real. Okay, and they've got a very brief, literally a sentence or two description of each one. Okay. So firstly, the first game is, Hey, Pa, there's a goat on the roof. That's the name of the game. <clears throat> um, in this game, players move goat-shaped pieces around the board, attempting to complete tasks or reward them with tin can pieces. The first player to move their goat onto the roof of the barn ends the game, and at that time, whatever player has the most cans wins. Okay, so okay. that was, hey, pa, there's a goat on the roof. Okay, okay. Which I think almost needs an accent, but I don't want to do a terrible one. <laughs> uh, the next one is the Burr Goat Farmer, B-O-E-R, Goat Farmer. I think it's a type of goat. Um, in the South African set, Burr Goat no, Farmer. No, isn't that, like, because you got the Boar Wars? Oh, the Boar, yeah, Boar so, Wars, okay. In the Boar Goat Farmer, players must collect and breed their boar goats in order to make money and prestige, either through selling to the slaughterhouse or to families in the city. 
The winner is simply the most prestigious and profitable goat farmer after 12 years or turns of the game. Okay. So, boar, goat farmer. And the last one is Goats on Boats. Goats on Boats is a children's memory matching tile game. The player that matches the most goats on boats picture tiles wins. Each tile also has several goat and boat facts on the back of it. Oh, I love it. Okay. So well, just to go through the titles again. Yeah, can you remember Hey, Pa, there's a goat on the roof. <laughs> that was the accident. I don't know what accident that is. There's mm. Boar Goat Farmer and there's Goats on Boats. Oh, man alive. <laughs> well, I think the middle one's definitely real because just judging from the fact that you know, More. you didn't really know what <laughs> <laughs> it was a location and not a goat type. Maybe. I, I think know. that's what it might be. Um, but honestly, I'm not entirely sure between number one and number three because. And what was the title of number one? Hey, Pa, there's a goat on the roof? Yep, that's. Yeah. No, no, question mark, not a question. Okay, hey, Pa, hey, pa there's a goat on the roof. there is a goat on the roof. And the other one was goats on boats. Goats on boats. Okay. I was leaning towards three, but actually that does sound like a, like a kid's game. So <laughs> what sort of game was number one again? Sorry? Players move goat-shaped pieces around the board, attempting to complete tasks to reward them with tin can pieces. The first player to move their goat onto the roof of the barn ends the game. And at that time, whatever player has the most cans wins. I mean, I play that game. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've come up with that game, then you are making it because that's incredible. <laughs> I'm going to go for one and two are real, three is fake. fake. The answer is, the fake one is Boar Goat Farmer. Oh, no way! Yep. It's actually... Yep. I looked up a specific type of goat for South Africa. <laughs> oh, no! So I smugly corrected you. You smugly corrected me, just about about looked it up. I, oh, I looked God. up... A specific goat just for the you know the title and the theme of the game because I thought that type of accuracy would make it look oh and that really backfired like a, and that backfired <laughs> I mean I was gonna create a fake game called like um totes goats yeah it's actually a game on board game geek so I didn't want to do that oh <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing board goat farmer oh so I I win that game then, clearly. You do? Uh oh. You went for goats on boats. That's... Okay. Oh man, I thought I'd actually got that. I flummoxed. <laughs> yep, no, you, you have to check my search history. There's Wikipedia, there's Boar Goat, South Africa Goat. Oh my god. That's, that's actually blowing my mind a little bit. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to be quite that bad. I didn't expect to smugly great. <laughs> <laughs> and then eagerly dismiss it because oh yeah what do you that was I mean even the oh, the difficult difficulty in pronouncing boar was just yeah, all, all that part threw of it. me off it was oh, all part was it, it. it was, was it actually it, yeah. was it actually though yeah. seriously yeah I'd always I'd always was gonna waver on the pronunciation of mm. boar to throw you a bit really yeah Oh, I, I took this game seriously anymore. when you, you know. When I suggested it, yeah. I'm, I'm impressed. You suggested that, it. I went, gonna well, I'm going to win at this game because I don't tend to win at many other games. Wow, yes, Apart true. from Jai so <laughs> Well, on that note, I am a, I'm red faced. <laughs> you look <laughs> angry. The next thing. I'm shocked. <laughs> That's really thrown me. So, moving on. Oh, man. Sorry. <laughs> moving on. <clears throat> so. Next up, I thought it'd be cool to talk about kind of our five favourite, like, strictly two-player games. Two players, no more. Yes. Not even a small child watching. 
Not a dog, not a cat, Not nothing. even, yeah, not even an animal. Not I mean, a tortoise. Not even, know. put away that tortoise. Yeah, that gaming tortoise <laughs> back in the box. <laughs> not involved. You know. Um, so yeah, I mean, these aren't really in any particular order, are they? they these are just five games that really, we really enjoy playing just yes. as a twosome. Yes. Should I do the first one? Yeah, yeah. I'm right, right, right. You're still flummoxed from a little bit. I'm a little bit. Um, so in at number one, but not number one, because this is in our order, whatsoever. <laughs> Odin's Ravens. Um, yeah. This is a game we played a couple of times last year, somewhere, and we bought like this month, or you bought this month for us to play. Yes. So we played a bit more. Um, Odin's Ravens is a lovely little game where you're basically racing these two birds around a flight path full of different types of terrain, and you just use kind of. Um, cards that match the terrain type to move into that terrain and so on and so forth you've also got some tricksy cards some loki cards that can kind of turn the terrain around take it out move it around slow down the other player speed you up um and basically the first player to go all the way around the board wins mm-hmm. nice and simple but you damn stare at that board for a while before you play any cards because it can get a bit tricky <laughs> yeah because the way it works as well if you have like multiple terrains of the same type it means you can kind of move further you only need to play like one card to move like let's say three yeah. terrains of the same type so it often benefits you to try and like create a sort of a length of the same terrain types and kind of plan out perhaps a little bit of what kind of cards might be coming up next in your deck um yep. Sort of like trying to make a nice efficient flight path through. Yeah, it can be a little element of kind of like take that, I suppose, as well, can't it? Because you can kind of mess up the other person's flight path or make it a bit harder for them or push them back. Yep. Um, but it never feels overly confrontational, does it? I mean, it's a race. It's, it's a race. And, and, and the good thing is they've nice always been quite close, gentle. haven't they? Even with all the, the tricks yes. cards. We've always yeah. been the last few cards. We've had... Oh, yeah. Well, since even the, the three games we've played since we bought it, you've won one, there's been a tiebreaker, and I've won one. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's so, yeah, close, it's, yeah, it's a really nice sort of quick, very quick, sort of fairly gentle And it's brilliantly game. designed um, as well, isn't it? Oh, it's got the nice artwork pieces. on it the is art lovely. Cards is really nice. Yeah, it's a really beautiful game. Yeah, definitely. Um... In at number two, but not number two, is Jaipur, which I think is a lot on a lot of people's kind of top, top two player game lists. Yeah, and we can see that And for a right? reason, because we are frankly obsessed with <laughs> it. Um, we played a game of it earlier today and I'm still a little bit uh, bitter. You're so <laughs> bitter. You're more bitter than this GMT. I have. Oh, burn. Um, oh, apparently I'm just, I'm not very good at it. So any tips anyone has, please help me <laughs> what out. What is Jaipur, Charlotte? Oh, yes, sorry. Yeah, Jaipur. Um, It's a card game um, where players are kind of competing to become the Maharaja's personal trader by buying, uh, trading and selling goods and camels uh, and the like. Um, Yeah, that's probably the easiest way to describe it. Yeah, it's a really tight, well sort of done sort of... It's very small box, quick game again, under sort of 30 minutes per game because you're playing it across like three rounds and they're all quite quick rounds. Yep, it's um, really good. You're speculating on values of stuff that's going to come through the deck. You're gonna, you're trying to decide if you want to trade now or save for future. You're trying to decide if you want to pick up those worthless goods to try and trade up to something of better value, or take all the camels because you can use those camels to either get points at the end or yeah. also take better goods from the marketplace. And the way it works as well, isn't it? Because there's a benefit to selling goods early on or quicker because they are worth yeah uh, more points. Yeah. And then you also get points bonuses for selling more of a certain type. So if you have, you know, three, four or five of a certain type of good, you get kind of a point bonus for that as well. Um, 
it's it, just yeah, it's, it's a really good game. Really We've good. had a lot of fun with We've it, and the scores have all, again they've all been quite close. You play it in a, the game is best of three, um, so you end up playing like the game three times anyway, um, and it's always been quite close. And it's so simple as well because it's yeah. basically only like really kind of there's a like I mean the booklet it's what like only about Six three pages. Pa- that, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say three pages. Three pages, that. Minimum, like yeah. you know, such a simple game to teach people and yep. play. Love it, love it, love it. Um, yeah. Um, in at three, but not three, uh, Codenames Duet, which has jumped to our second most played game ever Absolutely. already, because um, it's so easy and accessible and fun. Um, so it's a spin-off of Codenames, um, which is already a big selling game, um, and this is specifically for just two people. Um, you're working as a team to try and um, guess 15 words out of a grid of 25, and the game works like this. So say if I'm trying to make you guess one, one or two words, I can only say one word and a number. So I can say, like, biscuits, four... And then there might be four words I'm trying to get you to pick on the grid that might have tedious and tenuous links to do with biscuits. It's <laughs> making an in-joke there at my poor clue-giving skills. <laughs> um, it's really good. Um, uh, the Code of Duet is uh, also comes with a little campaign in it as well, um, which you can kind of keep replaying, which is quite nice. Um, but we've had a lot of fun with it already. It's so quick to play. We can uh, kind of set up and play a game sort of in probably 20 minutes, if that, really. Depending mm. on how how good, kind of good or bad you are, really, yeah, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. Um, and it's a lot of fun as well. It's, it's got some great moments where, like, you're you so you have to so be a bit abstract with the clues you're given and linking things together through just either either you know yourself each other like quite yeah. well and can kind of say, get some of those hints, or you're really trying to draw them to one word first, which links to other words. Maybe it's a, yeah. It, depending on yeah, if you know that other person really well, you can kind of come up with some quite clever clues because sometimes these words literally you think at first glance you're like oh my god I'm never ever going to link any of these words together yeah. but then you kind of things come into play and you're like oh yeah no actually no yeah. it might be like an in-joke or a movie or something yeah. you both like or you other know, times it's just really other times ways. it's just like a feeling isn't it like yeah there's been one oh or two gosh. times where you've been like you've guessed the right word and you've like that was just a, like a guess. I just said, but I was like, but oh. you guessed the right one from the glue I gave. Well, yeah, like it. Avril too. And I was like, I just looked at the table because there's like 25 words yep. available to choose. And I was like, what on earth? Avril too. I was like, how on earth am I possibly going to guess it? And I went, eh, hair, anthem. And you're like, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's it. I was <laughs> like, <laughs> Avril have included it. Clearly. worked. Hair and anthem. She made some cracking anthems and she's got hair. Uh. Maybe, maybe hair is the only one I uh, agree with. There, um, so yeah, we've we've really enjoyed it. We've already played so many games of it. Um, we're into our campaign, losing quite badly as we do um, at various stages. Um, but yeah, it's really good. We even played it. Managed to play. A, you can kind of do it in teams. We played a four-player game um, last weekend, which kind of worked out quite well as well. Um, yeah, but... I was going to say it actually adapts really well to more players. I, I felt like we played it with my parents and. Um, we just sort of alternated kind of giving clues to the uh, other team and I think it went really well I think they, re- they really enjoyed that yeah um, no Codenames yeah. Duet very very highly recommended from us I was going to do the whole uh, number four but not number four but I think we killed that now and a number four but not number four is <laughs> patchwork yay basically uh, I think the best way to describe it is kind of like competitive Tetris yes. but with kind of you know buttons and fabric and sewing and stuff um basically it's a tower placement game um where you're competing to build the highest scoring patchwork quilt on a kind of like nine by nine game board and 
again, it's it's quite it's, it's so sort of simple again to yep. teach and learn. It plays quickly again, mm-hmm. sort of under thirty minutes. Clearly, we like our games short, short and sweet. sweet. Yep. Uh, we like our uh, I'd hate the term filler game, but people seem to use them, don't they, for games that sort yeah. of play really short? But that's maybe that's a discussion for another day. Um, <laughs> but. And there's something, there's something very inoffensive, isn't there, about patchwork? It's yes. really gentle. You can't be angry. I mean, you wouldn't call it inoffensive by the look on your face on the times we play it, because you seem very offended when I when I win at patchwork. <laughs> this is another game that Jamie's really good at. Um, yeah. <laughs> he does have a knack. Well, there is a review of this on our website on a competitive couple. Oh, yes, there com. is. Yes. Um, but it does have really great balance between balancing, you know, these different crazy Tetra-style patches onto your board and the economic economic engine economic engine sorry of like getting buttons and gaining more buttons to buy better pieces and yeah. having a bit of control on that um and also your position on the time track as well is really important because obviously if the person who's slowest on the time track can take the action and then if they're still behind they can take another action so you can take like four goes in a row um so it's a really good sort of nitty-gritty sort of yeah, it's he quite took a bit of my piece that looks like yeah. an l sort of game yeah it's really fun. It is very, very good fun. Um, in at five, but not five, is a game we've only played twice, but we quite liked it. So I made this list. It's Onatama, which is an um, abstract strategy game, which is uh, kind of new for us, because uh, we don't play too many of those. Um, it's, a, it's a game where each player has four pawns and one master pawn. Um, and the I, th- I can't remember how big the grid is. I think it's probably like a six by six grid. It's like a long one, isn't it? I was going to have a bit more accurate than just a long one. <laughs> it's a longish grid. It's not as it's not as big as an eight by eight chess grid. It's I think it's about six by six probably, um, or seven by seven. Um, and your the movement is dictated by these six cards that um, kind of rotate between the players. So at the start of the game, you've each got two cards, and there's one each to your right. And then you take your turn, and then you discard one of the cards you used, and you take in the new card. So these movement cards are always going around, and these movement cards basically depict where your pawns can move um, and what action you can take on the grid. Yeah, you win by either taking the. Uh... <laughs> are we, are we going to continue calling him the master pawn? It just sounds a bit like it's, master pawn. It's what's called in the rules? Is it? Oh, just the master. Smug. The master. The master, and he's a pawn. So he's a master pawn. He's a master pawn. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you win by taking the master pawn out for dinner uh, no you win by taking the master pawn or ending moving your master into their temple yeah yeah because you have temples at the, the at your row on the end of the grid it's a really fun little game it's perfect information so you know exactly what's going on you know exactly the decisions your opponent can make so you can sort of plan your next turn based on what they're going to do on their turn um, and we had a lot of fun with it it's really nice pieces again nice little rollout mat um, we quite enjoyed it didn't we yeah like the box I, I love the box I mean clearly box good, tube good type box. thing yeah <laughs> Does it for me because it's sort of it's like a whiskey box almost. It, and it is, kind of rolls yeah. on itself. Yeah, like folds around, and then you've got the rolled mat in the inside and all the pieces. I don't even need the game. Just give Charlotte the box. Just give me the box. I'll be happy. <laughs> well, no, but also I, it's just I mean again, this is something we kind of actually touch on in a blog post as well actually because in uh, a blog post I wrote for the uh, the old website, my only pinned yep. by Charlotte post so far is um, what we played in March. 2018 to make up for the fact that we kind of didn't do a podcast I wrote about some of the games we played which actually also included Professor Evil and the Citadel of Time you did I mentioned it but I saw a few of my thoughts on on a timer on that as well so worth a sneaky peeky yes maybe absolutely if you want I don't know no pressure um but yeah and in that I think I kind of touched on 
I don't know if I did. The the mat, because I love that you can kind of roll it up. I like it's nice not Ooh, having a it's cardboard. Like an extra thick mouse mat, isn't it? Mat. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Exactly. Clearly, that really. You really like that description <laughs> really like of that, that mouse of the mat. <laughs> well, it was. Yeah, it was. It was. Like it's nice not not have cardboard yeah. in there. No cardboard in that. The game. only thing I would say is it would be quite cool if the pawns were made out of like wood or something as opposed to that kind yes, of like... Yes, that junky plastic, yeah. Yeah, the plastic's a little bit cheap. Yep. Feeling, maybe. Yep. Um, but it's just such a clever game because you the way it's, it's kind of like a, a dance with those cards, isn't it? It's constantly moving and flowing. It is, yeah. Um, I just feel so much kind of less intimidating than chess <laughs> for yeah, me. Because I think, yeah... Chess was always like I always liked games growing up, but chess was always that thing of like, oh no, just put it away because I can't <laughs> process it. Like yeah. I just didn't want to learn complications All of chess. Whereas you know yeah. this, there's still the strategy and stuff, and it plays so quickly. It's like a ten it does. minute, yeah, ten very minute quick game, if yeah. that. But it's so addictive, you kind of don't want to stop. You just want to keep. Playing. Yeah, play at least the best of three, best oh, of five. Oh, absolutely, yeah. definitely. And I think it's definitely one we're going to be adding to our collection. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um. Before we sort of end this little bit, actually, I think it would be worth to sort of mention a couple of honourable mentions here. Um, first being Seven Wonders Duel. Yeah, Seven Wonders Duel didn't quite make our arbitrary top five list we've done, but uh, it's still one of our favourite games, which um, has kind of been overtaken a little bit by some of our more recent yes. plays. Yeah. Um, I think some of the newer ones we've been a bit more kind of like excited about and feel a little bit more... Yeah. I don't know. Because, like, as you mentioned to me earlier today, actually, there is an, a luck element, perhaps. To yeah, I think compared to maybe Jaipur, um, compared to Patchwork, compared to Odin's Onotama, the, the luck of Seven Wonders can kind of ruin your game sometimes. There might be a game where you completely get none of the cards and can, your opponent can win. Sometimes, like, turn two of the second round out of three sometimes. There is a review on the blog, uh, on the website of um, Seven Wonders Duel, which kind of goes on and on and on about how, how, how good it is but it can be a bit nitty gritty and yeah. a bit frustrating well for you definitely for me because I'm just get l- l- losing <laughs> it out every time yeah I, I, I yeah I love I do love Seven Wonders Duel yeah um, very very much but it's certainly a game we've not reached for recently for one reason or another no um, and another one worth mentioning that's just a two player game uh, is Fog of Love, which is another fairly recent-ish purchase. It's one we played uh, in our previous podcast. We kind of did a little playthrough of that. Yep. But we've played that quite a lot as well, actually. Yep. I think it's one of our most sort of played this year. We kind of played all the scenarios that come with the game. Um, for those of you that don't know, it's like a kind of romantic comedy-ish kind of story-driven game. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, you're kind of either making or breaking your relationship yeah it's good fun it can lead to some quite humourful moments and also some quite devastating <laughs> gutting heartbreaking moments, moments. Um, but I think and it's, it's a little bit of a, it's probably the longest by far the longest game on this list absolutely play, yeah sort of pushing kind of 90 minutes yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a good one and it's definitely recommended like yeah. You don't even have to be like a couple really to play it. I think it could, you know. No, or a gamer. It's just, no. it really blows the boundaries what a game can really be when we say the word board game. I imagine there might be a little review of that coming up at some point soon on our blog. How exciting. We want to talk about it more depth another yes. time. So, cool. 
Um, there we go. Some yes. of our favourite two-player only games. Yes. So moving on, got a little question for you, Jamie. Ooh. A little uh, would you rather question, and that is uh, to sort of promote a bit of discussion here. Is would you rather only play competitive games or only play cooperative games? Ooh. If you had to only play one or the other, which uh, would you pick? Competitive. Why? Always. Because co-op games can always have that problem where you can easily see what you want your other teammate to do and they just won't friggin' do it. Or you can, or the other way is that one person just is so boisterous that they might just take over the whole game and not let other people really play it themselves, to be honest. Is that how you feel about me? <laughs> no, never, never. And um, whether competitively, I really, really enjoy um, having a little battle with you on some of those games, like Jai Pair's always really close, Seven Wonders always really close, and you can kind of get better and learn different strategies and try them, and it's always really, really fun to kind of compete a bit and have a bit of competition, which I really, really like. So if I was ever only going to play something, I'd definitely only rather play competitive games. Yeah. Okay. What about yourself? Well, it's hard because I do actually think out of the two, I do for cooperative mm. games, I think, sometimes. But I, I totally get your point about I mean, that's not the question. Would you rather own No, I know, but that's, I was getting onto that. I was getting okay. onto it. I was like, because I do prefer cooperative games, but I wouldn't necessarily own just only want to play cooperative games that makes sense because like you say i think at its core competitive gaming allows like it's not the main reason i play games but it's definitely a factor i do like that feeling of kind of you know winning winning (laughs) i know (laughs) (laughs) but then again i love in cooperative games that kind of feeling if you're kind of coming together and kind of so usually you're fighting a puzzle against the game itself which i really like like in Professor Evil and the really long yeah. name of game. Uh. So I guess that might be where my distinction lies, actually. So co-op games are very much often a puzzle. Yes. With a bit of randomness thrown in where the competitive games are more of that test of skill versus skill or, you know, yes. tactics and strategy. And I think that's fair strategy. enough. But then I, lo- I think the puzzle-solving bit is my favourite, one of my favourite things about gaming. Yeah. I like sitting down and trying to figure out and solve a puzzle with you. But, yeah, I'm trying to think back... Some of my favourite gaming moments are the ones where we've kind of gone old brainwave. Like, there was a moment, I think, I don't know if I've mentioned it before in a podcast or anything like that, but when we played Pandemic Legacy Season 1 last year, and I think it was approaching kind of the end bit, the, yeah. the last few games of it, and there was a moment literally where I got up, I'd taken my glasses off, and I was surveying the <laughs> table. Like, yeah. I was like, Winston... Winston Churchill was oh my god I literally just went drunk and forgot his name <laughs> too much G&T I was like is his name Winston because we were watching too much New Girl recently yeah, as well yeah. and I just questioned Winston as a name that was really weird <laughs> but yeah I stood up and surveyed the table like I was sort of planning a great war yeah and you know yeah, I'm pretty pushing sure little I... plastic disease cubes about yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little plastic shovel but, and it was just a moment of oh my god I've got it I've figured out how we can actually beat this game yes. within the a certain amount of turns left and yep. I, I love that kind of moment oh my god I'm a freaking genius yeah <laughs> or we're a freaking genius rather no um, you're the freaking <laughs> genius <Sean. laughs> no. um, whereas sometimes I think certainly with certain competitive games you 
are so focused on your own decisions and your own plans that you can sort of not really be focusing on what the other player is doing and yes. you can sometimes feel like you're playing two yeah. different games yeah. certainly sometimes in Great Western Trail I feel a little bit like that Yeah. where I'm focusing so much on my kind of the engine building that I've kind of not I'm not really feeling all that focused on what yeah and I, I guess that's a difference between those really tight two player games that we've just spoken about mm. and those games that we play as two players but could be played with more so great western trail i think four players there's a lot more interaction between the players because you're blocking each other off you're slowing each other down you pass the money between them great western trail you can just avoid paying anyone else any money sometimes and there's not much competition for places i think that's what a lot of people say about agricola and things like that i'm um, not that we've played agricola but is it can be very much you're looking down at your own board they're not doing what everyone else is doing yeah. whether the the two play games like we've just said like Jaipur and things like that they're very much about what are you what are you going for gold are you well, I'll, go, I'll go for some rubies instead <laughs> yeah or like block it yeah, yeah. like in Onitama is another game as well where you are quite invested in what the other oh, player is yeah. doing because you're going to be getting that movement card on your next turn yeah. so it's a very big part of that yeah. game so our end verdict there would we well I'm still going agree? for competitive are you still going for competitive I'm still going competitive yeah if I had to play or like one game only one game I'd always go competitive do you know what when push comes to shove I think I would go for cooperative. Ooh. Is that, have I got like a disagreement buzzer? Let me disagree ah. on your question. <laughs> there we go. I can be the I'll record buzzer. that. I don't know. <laughs> it's a bit of a cheeky question, really, because I wouldn't. <laughs> it's got to be a mix, really, isn't it? But Yeah, we do need a good mix. <laughs> so, yeah. Should we call it? That's it for the third oh, episode of it. the Couplecast. April what? 2018. What? Um, if you enjoyed it, you can uh, subscribe to us. We're on... Uh, uh, I'm trying to see if I can read this right. A, a tunas, a cast, and soon clued. Is that right, Shannon? Oh Did gosh. I say that right? Yes, basically, guys. <laughs> the podcast is available on iTunes, Acast, or SoundCloud. Soon clued. So if you no? kind of enjoyed this, in some on some level at least, maybe consider subscribing. Yeah, maybe, I mean, on, in the physical so, level, the mental level, the metaphysical level. Um, you know if you enjoyed it at any of those levels yeah click that subscribe please, button please click it click please, away please share it if you're feeling particularly uh, sharing sherry. sherry as always you can check out our reviews and other posts on a competitive couple dot com dot com and we'll have a few more reviews we've posted Arctic Scavengers recently X-Wing the miniatures game recently which I probably will talk about one of these days but then I'm going to bore mm-hmm. Charlotte with me talking about X-Wing for about <laughs> five rude. or six hours <laughs> and there's obviously it will be uh, what we played in maybe. April maybe at the end of this month as well maybe we should do a reviews. sort of Star Warsy space theme we could do a Star Wars space we've played a few games maybe now, so, yeah does that maybe mean we work. can buy Imperial Assault I was going to suggest Rebellion, but... Oh, Rebellion, okay. We can do both. Maybe not. (laughs) Can't, I don't think we can afford both. Can never Uh, afford Rebellion. (laughs) So expensive. (laughs) Never know. know. Um, But yeah, obviously, because we've kind of mixed up the format a little bit this time round, if you've got any feedback on your your thoughts on the podcast, anything we could do better, what bits you like, what bits you didn't, I've uh, I've put a, a couple of different ways you can reach us down in the description. So, yeah. If you've got any feedback, 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 feedbacks, feedbacks. If you've got any feedback, let us know. Cool. Let us know. And that's it. That's it. We'll see you in May in the summer. Uh, We're going to go and drink some more G&Ts, eat 
some donuts because we bought some <laughs> we did most donuts. Of so donuts. fair enough. And um, we yeah. might Charlotte's probably going to ask for another game of Jai Purse so she can actually win one. Oh, yeah, that's so true. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> The music in this podcast is all courtesy of Kevin McLeod at incomtech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons. The track used in this episode was Oblivion 